Hello, hello, my Let's Keep It Real people. How the heck are you? You're in for a special treat. You get to see my guest. Woohoo! You can just listen if you want and you're in the car. But trust me, you are going to love watching or listening or both to this podcast because it's freaking incredible. I loved having her on. It was fast and furious, packed with so much great information. But before I tell you a little bit more about her, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for all your support. I really appreciate it when you rate the interviews and the podcast and like and share them and just send them out to anyone you know it will inspire. It really does help a lot. And also thanks for all the clients you're sending me. I love them. I love them. The individual ones and the corporate ones. I feel so blessed that I get to coach them. All right, now let me tell you about Trisha Nelson. She is an internationally acclaimed author, transformational speaker, and emotional eating expert. She lost 50 pounds by identifying and healing the underlying causes of her emotional eating. She has spent over 30 years researching the hidden causes of the addictive personality. Trisha is the author of the number one best-selling book, Heal Your Hunger, Seven Simple Steps to End Emotional Eating Now. She also certifies health coaches so they can get better results and referrals and revenue by helping their clients overcome emotional eating. Trisha is the host of the popular podcast, The Heal Your Hunger Show, and is a highly regarded speaker. Trisha has been featured on NBC, CBS, KTLA, Fox, and Discovery Health. Have fun, people. Enjoy. Toodles. This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life, and as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. Okay, my let's keep it real people. Talk about keep it real. I'm in my workout clothes. Trish is here going, wait a minute. We're going to go live and we're going to do it on Zoom and I can see you. How exciting. So this is a special <laughs> treat. Not only are we having Trisha Nelson on, which I've been telling my listeners and oh my gosh, we have pages of questions here. Pages. Oh, yay. So now they'll get to see you. Trisha, Great. I ask everybody the same question for the past 30 days. If you were going to say in one word. What would describe your emotions? What would it be? Over the past 30 days? Only 30 days. Yeah. Okay. In the past 30 days, I'd say love. I like that. Tell us why. (laughs) Okay. First of all, I have a fairly new boyfriend that I'm head over heels for. So that helps. (laughs) Nine months. We're in it nine months. So that's going great. Uh, Totally in love. But beyond that, you know, this past month, uh, I've been blessed to hang out with many of my entrepreneurial sisters, people that I uh, hang with and we support each other. We have online Mm. businesses. And so I went up to Santa Cruz and hung out with some of them. And that was really fun. And then I just went to Tampa and hung out with some of my other entrepreneurial fellows. And these are all really heart-centered, health-minded people. And we support each other and we promote each other's work. And so it's just been like a big love fest, not to mention I have clients getting 
getting amazing results. And they, and we had a retreat online for two days um, last weekend. So yeah, there's, there's been a lot of love going on. <laughs> okay. Well, first of all, that's a whole other podcast. I would love to talk about the boyfriend. You bet. When you're in love, when you're in love, everything is just amazing. It is amazing. I'm so like, okay. total, talk about gratitude. I'm so, I'm so over the top. I think, yeah. I think yeah. it's great. Little things like that's okay. It didn't work out. That's fine. It's all good. <laughs> all right. So Trisha, I've looked at all your stuff. Incredible. I love what you're putting out there. I can't believe we've been in these same kind of paths and different directions and haven't met. So kudos for you for putting this out to the world. Thank so cool. you. So, thanks. Thanks so much. And I love, I understand the fact of being with entrepreneurs who support one another. It, it's so important. It's yeah. so important. Yeah. And I feel recently that even more women are supporting women than ever before in business. Yes. Oh my God. I couldn't do without my women friends. Forget about it. It's just the best. It's so great. I actually have one of my friends staying with me right now. She's from Costa Rica and she said she's going to be in LA. I'm like, well, come stay with me. So she's been in my house for like a week and a half and she's doing her thing. I'm doing my thing. I gave her a key and it's just, it's just great. It's just the, the more, the better. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I've been telling them a little bit about your journey and we're going to add that in because I know we're running tight on time, but the biggest question I want to get to right away <laughs> came from a guy actually, because uh, we have a lot of cool male listeners. And he said, I call him Billy bot. Billy said, please ask Trisha, isn't all eating that doesn't serve your body? Well, emotional eating. Bingo. <laughs> <laughs> Go Billy Bob. <laughs> Go Billy Bob. You know, I mean, it, my feeling is we're all emotional eaters. You know, I think that we all have, I think we're hardwired to have an emotional connection with food. That's why, you know, we subsist as a species. And I mean, think of a mother breastfeeding her child. I mean, that's an incredibly emotional experience. So, you know, I think that anybody who is eating beyond nutritional need, beyond sustenance, is probably, you know, doing a little emotional eating. So, so that is my feeling is that it's really easy to do. Food is super yummy. It's comforting, you know, especially mm -hmm. carbs and sugar. It gives us a serotonin effect, calms us down, kind of softens the edges of life. And so mm -hmm. it's super easy to do. And so, you know, it's not an indictment of, of any, anybody. I feel that we're all emotional eaters. It really comes down to where we are on the spectrum. So if we're all emotional eaters, I, I do refer to it as a spectrum. So you have emotional eating on the low end and food addiction on the high end. Now, my story, mm -hmm. I was a total food addict. I mean, I love to binge. I'd get my, my ice cream and my cookies and then chips because you have to have salty with the sweets. So I get it Must. all together. <laughs> I sit in front of the TV, binge watch some shows and eat food. And it all seemed really good going into it. Like I didn't plan on feeling totally disgusting and stuffed and hating myself, but that's what happened when I couldn't stop. Okay. And so that's, and, and not only would I do that once, but then I'd feel so mad at myself and I would beat myself up that it would perpetuate the pattern. And I just keep falling down into it. Or I'd be like, I'm going to starve, you know, for the day I'm not eating anything, but then by nighttime I'm hungry and I'm doing it all over again. So that's more the food addiction side of things. 
And there's many more telltale signs of, of this being an actual addiction. Like you can't stop, you know, you have con- mounting consequences that you don't plan on. It affects many areas of your life, your sex life, your work life, you know, your relationship with your kids. Cause all you can think about is food and you're not really present with people that you love. So, you know, not to mention the physical consequences of heart disease and diabetes, prediabetes and on and on and on. So there are many, many consequences. So where you are in that spectrum is really determined by how much control you have to pull back. You know, you go on a cruise, you gain five pounds. You're like, you know, I feel crappy. I'm going to go on a diet or I'm going to jog extra, cut out sugar. That's somebody yeah. has a lot of control versus me. Whereas once I put on weight, then I feel terrible. And then I just keep I keep falling down yeah. that rabbit hole. So, yeah. um, so I've considered a spectrum. I actually have a quiz on my website where somebody can take the quiz and find out where they are in that spectrum. And then, you know, you know, yeah. and yeah. yeah. And so that's super helpful as well. You know, as I told my girlfriends, I called them the porch peeps and over COVID we would sit out on the porch with space heaters and let's just call it like it is. We drank a little too much wine. We did, <laughs> you know, we just did. Yeah. But it's the same thing. We knew how to pull back. But then yeah. there was a few of us. I, I got about 28,000 questions. Oh, please. Oh, please. I didn't think of myself as an emotional eater, but I really do think I'm an emotional drinker, meaning at least two to three glasses of wine a night. And maybe I'm doing it because I can't deal with reality out there. Now what? It's easy to do. And, and, you know, and it's to me, if, if it's worth doing, it's worth overdoing. That's my addictive nature, you know, and I did it with mm. alcohol as well. So, you know, and I think the pandemic did certainly create a whole lot more emotional eaters than ever before. I mean, I had friends who never thought of themselves as emotional eaters yep. calling me and be, being like, Trisha, oh my God, I like, I can't get out of the kitchen because our life is upended. You know, our, our realities, we knew it, the safety of walking out your door ended, you know? And so it was a new reality and people were escaping that very scary reality by eating. And so I consider emotional anything, whether it's drinking or eating or shopping online, which I did some of that during the pandemic, you know, <laughs> stupid Facebook ads. And then, um, <laughs> we all did. We I all know. Did. And so, but anything that we overdo, uh, I, I refer to it as, um, not only what it does, to us, what it, but what it does for us. So I want to kind of describe this. I call it the pep test. Oh yeah. I love the pep test. Yeah. So the P is an acronym. Pep is an acronym. PEP. The first P stands for painkiller. So whether it's drinking or eating or smoking or what shopping, we use it as a painkiller to kill emotional pain. Like if you're in a job that doesn't fit you anymore, but you're afraid to leave. If you're in a relationship that's kind of should have ended five years ago. If you have a parent who's sick, a kid who's Mm. dysregulated, whatever it is, you know, life is painful. It gives us, you know, hurdles that are really hard to climb. And so the food can, again, soften that edge. It's like an uh, anesthetic, okay, for something painful. The second, the E in PEP stands for escape. Like we talked about, we just want to get out of a reality. And so, uh, you know, and worry and fear. And so that's a lot of what uh, Mm. food does for us as well, food or alcohol or shopping, whatever. And the third, the P, uh, the last P in PEP stands for punishment which does seem counterintuitive because, you know, eating or drinking seems like a reward. Like I'm going to have my glass of wine or I'm going to have my favorite pastry Mm -hmm. or whatever popcorn. And, and the thing is 
even though going in, a re- it's a reward coming out, like on the other side, it's hurting us because the way I would do it is I'd end up overdoing it and then feeling mad at myself. So then I would berate myself. I'd feel stuffed. I'd cancel an appointment the next day, or I'd turn my zoom off of, you know, uh, perhaps somebody was t- taking video, uh, their video off because they feel bloated, whatever the consequences canceling, you know, a lunch date with mm. girlfriends because you feel sick. I mean, whatever it is, that's a punishment. Like that's not a reward. That's a punishment. Yeah. So again, to recap, the PEP stands for painkiller escape and punishment. So these are some driving forces around our addictive habits, whatever they may be. By the way, when I was checking you out, I came across that and I thought, ingenious, ingenious. But here's the thing. And I actually had a client said this to me, Sandy, you, <laughs> you mistake me as somebody who wants to work on that. I go, excuse me. She's like, <laughs> I'm like, where are we going with this Sally? We'll call her Sally. She's like, I just want to lose the 10 pounds. If I wanted therapy, I'll go to therapy. And so I was trying to say, well, it's kind of all the same thing. The body, you can't separate. You got to get the head and you get the body. And she's like, yeah, I just want to lose 10 pounds. That's it. I go, okay, so basically you want a Band-Aid, lose the weight, gain the weight, lose the weight, gain the weight, gain the weight. She's like, call it like it is. I just need to get into this dress. I mean, how do you deal with that? Because really, I get it. You know, I always say, I mean, when we're overeating, when we're not fitting in our jeans, you know, when nothing fits us, it's like the house is on fire and all you want to do is put the fire out. Like you don't really want to hear about the long-term goal. (laughs) You know, you want to put the fire out. So I totally get that, but we do have to look at the record, you know, cause we have, we tend to have amnesia. Like we forget our pattern and, you know, gaining and losing, gaining and losing. I did that. You know, I would be up 30, down 20, up 10. And I had like five different sizes of pants in my closet as a result of being a yo-yo dieter. Mm. But that's first of all, terribly unhealthy, you know, going up and down the scale, but it's, it's really embarrassing and it's miserable. And so, I mean, anybody, you know, have at it. Like, if that's what you want, do it, you know, go ahead, <laughs> like forget like there your you pattern, go. go ahead and lose the weight and put it back on, like, just knock yourself out. But I mean, my experience is that was really, that was not a happy camper making, you know, like I was very unhappy doing that. It was miserable to lose control and gain the weight back on. It was embarrassing. Um, I felt embarrassed when I'd see people and I just packed on 10 or 20 pounds. Um, Mm. and so there's gotta be a better way. And so my experiences and statistically speaking, 98% of all diets fail. Like it is a foregone conclusion that diets don't work. Why? Cause like, exactly like you said, we're putting a bandaid on it you know, and that bandaid is going to come off time and time Mm. again. So we have to go deeper, but it doesn't have to be therapy. So I, this is what I tell people is you don't need 20 years of therapy to get control of your eating and and stay that way. Okay. So I take a lot of guesswork out of it. And you might've looked, you might've seen in some of my stuff, uh, something that, that, that I call the anatomy of the emotional eater. And these are personality traits that make Mm. up the emotional eaters personality, which have to be addressed. If you're going to have long-term 
long-term success and with weight loss and not do the yo-yo thing. If you want to do the yo-yo thing, keep dieting. That's the perfect <laughs> prescription. Okay. But if you I love this, if you don't <laughs> want to do that, do you? Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want that. If you're tired of that, yeah. you know, which the people I help are, they're just like at their wits end with it. You know, some of them don't even care if they lose weight. They just want to stop the binge eating, you know, just the obsession, not even the eating. Some of them are thin, but they're totally obsessed with food 24 seven. So that's, you know, crazy making in and of itself. So, but the point is, is you don't need 20 years of therapy, but you you do have to look at how you're living. Cause my experience is it's a living problem, not an eating problem. So when we're dieting, we're making it an eating problem, a weight problem, but overeating, you know, overweight comes from overeating and overeating comes from what's eating you. And you got to look at it if you want success. Long-term. Oh my God. I love that. <laughs> Say that again. That's going to be your banner. <laughs> overweight comes from overeating and overeating comes from what's eating you. Right. And it's the truth. So that's what you have to look at. So it's really a living problem. What do I mean by that? Well, in these 24 personality traits that are so common, I mean, I've been doing this work for 30 years. It's so like you've seen one emotional eater, you've seen us all. And the thing is, these traits create the very stress that we stress eat over. So if you just go on a diet and you don't change these traits, again, you're, you're on the merry-go-round, okay? The roller coaster ride. So basically, what am I talking about? Let's take the trait of people-pleasing, which is the number one personality trait of the anatomy of the emotional eater. So people-pleasing, what does that got to do with food? When we people-please, which we typically do because we don't have a strong sense of ourselves, okay? It's like we want to get value validation from the outside and we'll do anything to get it. We want to get those added girls. They feel good, you know, like, Oh, Trisha, we couldn't have done it without you. Or, Oh, how do you do it all? You know, like we love to hear these things, right? It sort of feeds our ego and it it makes us feel important and valued. The problem is we knock ourselves out trying to get it. So we're overdoing and overeaters are overdoers. We tend to pack our schedule. We love to be busy. Why? Because then we're not feeling any feelings. We're not in touch with ourselves. We're on the run, getting the adrenaline hit all the time. But regarding people pleasing, I don't know about you, but In my experience, nobody's ever as pleased as I plan on them being. So not only Mm. have I, have I exhausted myself, burned out my adrenals, trying to do, 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 be superwoman, but not only that, but I'm kind of pissed off because I did all this and they barely recognized me. Or let's say I got a thank you, but I'm like, thank you. I pulled an all nighter for this project, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And so, and so that combination of being burned out and pissed off is like the perfect prescription to justify the I deserve it binge. It's like, yes. Amen, sister. (laughs) They're not going to recognize me. I'll recognize myself. I'm going to get my favorite foods and sit in front of the TV and have at it. So, so that's a good example of like, we have to change how we're living. We can't keep burning the candle at both ends, trying to please people. We've got to put boundaries Mm. on our time. We have to learn how to say no, especially in party time and holiday time. It's like, (laughs) 
We can't say yes to everything. We can't host all the parties and the holiday dinners. We have to get help. We have to say this time we're going to your house, not my house, you know, or everybody, everybody brings a dish. Like I'm not slaving in the kitchen anymore, you know, or maybe I'm not even going to do gifts. Maybe we're all going to just enjoy a walk together, you know, or maybe we're going to do some new tradition. Um, We're just going to do stockings for each other. I mean, it's like, you know, change it, change up the traditions. Don't make it all about you slaving away, making everybody happy. But that's an example of it being a living problem, not an eating problem. Okay. First of all, I love you. Second of all, (laughs) I love you too. I mean, come on, sister. How did I not get you on sooner? You know, I've been doing this for seven years. Anyway, listen to me. If you came to my in-laws and said all this, I would do anything for you. (laughs) Because by the way, and this this is a big thing with a lot of the questions, like you go to all these events and you, you know, you know what you want to look like and how much you want to weigh and you feel really good about it. But people are constantly, for example, it was my birthday yesterday. I, I didn't Aww, want cake. happy birthday. I don't want cake. I, I don't, I don't need cake. I don't need cake. That's not my right. thing. My weakness is pizza. <laughs> no, no, no. You have to eat cake. It's your birthday. Did you see what I mean? Like yep. the people pleaser. All right. So I, I said, I'll cut the cake. Little slice of this carrot cake. <laughs> They're like pissed off. I'm like, I didn't want cake. But the point is, there's also that people pleasing of you should eat this. We should do that. You got to drink this. Well, it's a holiday. I made these cookies. I don't care. I don't want do you. And that's yeah. a lot of the thing. How surround a family that does that when you yeah. really do care about you, what you look like. And before you know it, it's not just five pounds, it's 10 pounds. Yeah. And it's a little bit, and I say to people, okay, when you're really social like me, it's not just this glass of wine. It's that glass of wine. It's that. And then once you have the wine, okay, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm a a lightweight. I'm a lightweight. Like I can have a half a glass. You give me a full glass of wine. I'm not binging, but I'm going to eat stuff I don't want. And then I'm like, why did I go to that peer pressure? Yeah. So, so, but that's, that plays into the people pleasing, you know, like we, know. we want, we don't want our family to be mad at us. We don't want aunt Bessie to be pissed off. Cause we don't no. eat the pie, you know, like all they that made it from scratch. They I know. The well, cake from scratch. I mean, my, they did. My, she said, what do you I do? Know. My mentor used to say, I don't care if Jesus is coming over for dinner. I'm not eating the pie. Like, I don't like, like it just, you know, we have to, <laughs> nobody cares. <laughs> You made me choke. I'm going to use that line. You know, I mean, nobody cares. It's like, it's, I have to wear it. Like I have to wear what I eat. Nobody comes home with me. Nobody wakes up. Nobody has to stuff themselves into their jeans, into my jeans, you know? And so it's like, it's not worth it. That little bit of like somebody is feeling like validated because I ate their pie. That's not worth me feeling crappy about my food choices. Are you sure? I am positive. It's really heavy in the family. I know, but somebody's got to be the trailblazer. Somebody has to say no, like, no, like it's like me first, me first. Finally, like it's about time, right? Yeah, I guess you. You're going to have to be okay. They're going to be pissed off, upset. Yeah. And maybe so here's they're the not deal. going to even like you. I so, mean, I know. so here's the thing. They're just feelings. This is what emotional eating is about. We don't want to feel uncomfortable feelings. 
And so somebody being mad at us, this is why people pleasing is our biggest downfall. Somebody being displeased, some, you know, uncle Tom and uncle Ralph or aunt Julie, you know, pouting and pouting and giving us the silent treatment because we didn't eat the pie or the turkey or whatever. It's like, let them have their feelings. They're though there. It's got nothing to do with us. You know, mm. it, it's really, really important that we don't take it personally, but we have to withstand some uncomfortable feelings, true. you know, and it's a pattern, you know, letting people manipulate us is a pattern for us. You know, we're suckers. We're suckers because it usually works. Okay. It usually works. Like we're like, <laughs> Oh, I'll do anything not to have somebody give me the silent treatment. Let oh them. Yes. First of all, for as for Sandy, my son, who's 18, his friends used to say, no, it's, we know we're just telling you it's S for sucker. Cause we can get you <laughs> to do anything because yeah. you want to make everyone happy. All right. Yeah. Let's dive into that then, because you were talking about tradition. I think it's really hard because you have older generations and they've been doing these things for year after year. And some of them, they're not even happy doing it. Like I look at them like, why would you do this tradition? It's boring. You hate it. You, they all complain about shopping. It's not even the money. They don't want to do it. Yeah. I love the idea of taking a walk or playing games together. Yeah. Instead. Who who needs more shit? My God. Like, I no. don't need any more. No, <laughs> I don't need I don't anything need... else in my house. I have too many clothes. I don't yeah. even let myself buy myself clothes anymore because I've just got too many of them. So it's just like, yeah, there's something really refreshing about a new tra- tradition. And the thing is, the pandemic gave that to us as a gift. Like we had to do, we had to do holiday time on zoom last year, Yeah, you know, like we changed it up, right. (laughs) You know, it's like, there were some big, like we were freed from a lot of tradition on account of the crazy pandemic. So we, we all proved ourselves, we could change things up and survive it. You know, we don't have to go back to the tradition and we can create new traditions, and so that to me, it's just like, let's try it. Let's just try it. I mean, that's what I live in California. People in California, I mean, California started from people breaking tradition and going across country. I'm from the Northeast. I mean, people will say, yeah, I moved away from home. Where'd you move next town over? Like, that's how big we stretch back in the Northeast. But here they moved all the way across country. Like so much ingenuity comes from California because people just broke away. They just tried something totally new, a whole new land, you know? And so that's still in people's blood here of like, Mm. why not try something different? Why not, you know, stand on your head? You know, it's just, it's just kind of in the culture um, to just break tradition and try new things and good things come from that. I could be there in a few hours. We could have, you know, (laughs) where are you where do you live i live in the suburbs of philadelphia i am yeah but but pre-pandemic i was in california all the time because every single one of my creepy friends all moved out there (laughs) all of them all up and down you name well now they're now they're leaving because it's so damn expensive but but they're they're still there yeah they're still there there's a sense of adventure is my point and that's really why i'm here is i just love the sense of like let's shake things up let's try something different like who says you have to do it this way i'm with you i'm Um, going on a hike for thanksgiving like i'm like i'm not even doing turkey i'm just going for a hike that's all i want to do so i am of course i'm not around family if i was around family i would be i would be with my family well 
I compromise. I'm a big mountain biker and hiker. So I do that first and I show up late nice, nice. and they kind of accept I'm going to miss all derbs. Uh-huh. I get the look, I get the, da, 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 I but get you the live through look. it and you're so fabulous. They, they really don't hold it against you. Oh, uh, don't No, That's not true. <laughs> it could be six weeks to three months of, uh, oh my God. sort of silent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. They can, they can say stuff like she wasn't raised well <laughs> oh yeah it's all right so okay funny. listen so i got oh, let me get in two more questions the big sure. one is and they they definitely should go to your website and i know we won't talk about your book but george these are fake names says okay now i know i'm an emotional eater now what now what do i do i get it i do it and he says he does it for two reasons he knows it whenever he's stressed out about his business number one mm-hmm and number two, whenever his wife gives him too many honeydew lists. Oh God. Yeah. Wifey, but, lighten up wifey. <laughs> yeah. So these are important things. So he's talking about stress and resentment. Okay. So, um, and these are, these are real causes. I mean, the truth is these are real causes. Now what, now what is we need a new, uh, setup for the day. So what we need is we need to start the day putting money in our spiritual bank account. And what do I mean by that? I mean, uh, self-care so starting a day, not on our phone, not mm. answering email, not on, you know, TikTok or, or Instagram, but basically being still and quiet and connecting to our spiritual source. Okay. Why? Cause we're going to need that in the day because, you know, hour by hour, we're adding stress to the day. And the hardest time for emotional eaters is late afternoon and into the evening. Why? Cause we have this mm. overload of stress. So I say, start the day med with meditation, prayer, yoga, spiritual readings, a walk in nature, something that will help you get something or several things that'll help you get still and quiet and grounded, you know, nourish yourself at a deeper level. We're not eating because we're hungry for the foods we eat, even though they are yummy. I love chocolate. I love all the gooey, gooey, chewy foods, but that's not what I'm really hungry for. You know, and, and chances are people who are emotionally eating, they're hungry at a deeper level. They're hungry for sustenance. And so give yourself that sustenance, sustenance first thing in the morning, a spiritual or motivational reading mm. that can just, just, it can just feed your soul, you know? And so start your day that way, that Love way it. later, later in the day, when you're stressed out, you can draw on that. You've put money in your spiritual bank account. You can take withdrawals and not be on empty, like not, not have a, a overdrawn account. And so that's mm. really, really important. Love it. Um, also uh, community is very important being around other emotional eaters. I do all my work in groups because um, my, my clients get from each other as much, they, as much as they do from me, like they're, they're supporting each other, cheering each other on. And it makes yeah. it easier to go into those, those dangerous parties and, and family gatherings where people are giving you the silent treatment. It's like, you got your people, you got your people behind you who are yeah. also saying yeah. no, you know, yeah. no, thank you. And yeah. screw it if you don't like it, you know, so that super helps. But the other thing is resentment and resentment is one of the 24 personality traits of the emotional eater that, and I, I do outline those in my book, heal your hunger. Okay. So the resentment's a big one though. And it, it, it's like, I mean, again, the living problem, we have relationship issues, you know, and when somebody gives us too many honeydews, uh, it's, it, and we feel burdened, um, and, and we feel like kind of like, uh, take it for granted or whatever that will feed 
our eating, so to speak, Mm. you know, it's like that stuff weighs on us and we, and it does feel the overeating and that has to be addressed. Like, can we find a better way to do this? Like, can we find a better, you know, way of operating as a partnership, you know, so I don't end up feeling resentful or like, I don't have a minute to breathe. Like I I do all the slaving at, at work and then I come home and there's a whole nother list of things to do. Like this isn't really working. It's making me resentful and I'm eating at you. Like I'm basically eating yeah. at you, yeah. you know? So that has to change. It has to be addressed. And a diet won't do that. No. Right. A diet doesn't give you tools for living. It doesn't give you, I ate because life was stressful and I had resentments. You know, I was overloaded. I was overdoing And a diet doesn't give you new tools for living. Mm -hmm. And this is what I needed. Instead of turning to food, I needed healthier coping tools. (laughs) By the way, I'm laughing because this one lady wrote in, I can't get into her whole question. She's like, yeah, I was going to write you all this stuff, but basically I'm just going to say, Sandy, I have to deal with my shit. (laughs) Amen, sister. (laughs) She's like, I'm not even going to write anymore. I have to deal with my shit. And the other guy says, I have to be uncomfortable with being uncomfortable, which yes. True, true. By the way, that's so me. I I can't handle it. If I see one person unhappy or whatever, you know, I've got to make them. But you can. Yeah. Yeah. But you can. And it all it takes is sitting through uncomfortable feelings and not taking responsibility for other people's stuff. And we do yeah. that as emotional eaters. We're so codependent, you know, and I, I have yeah. been that way as well. And it's just like it's it's a new muscle to let people figure things out for themselves, because when we rescue them, we deprive them of the opportunity of finding their own coping skills. I'm going to use that with my son. I don't want to deprive you. Oh, I love <laughs> exactly. that. Exactly. I can't help you clean your room. I don't want to deprive deprive you. All right. Okay. Big one, big one, big one, big one. So this is going to be the last big question. Does it matter what eating plan they're on? Because that's where they get tripped up. So we're talking about the emotional eating over here, but then what they're actually eating. And I get it. They get confused. Intermittent fasting, paleo, keto, Mediterranean. I mean, we could go on and on. Yeah, there's so many different plans. Most people, most emotional eaters have tried them all because it's like, oh, it's in the plan. It really doesn't matter. Um, I mean, I'm not a big fan of intermittent fasting for emotional eaters, people with disordered eating, because going too long without eating sets up these very primal responses inside of us, like this alarm that says I'm starving you know, and then we'll go overboard when we open up our our window, when we break fast. And so um, I don't, I recommend something called three meal magic. Um, I coined that phrase, but it's three meals with nothing in between so that we are on a regular schedule of eating and we're feeling our feelings in between the meals. So getting too hungry can kind of throw us off emotionally as well. So I just like the very simple breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and you can still do 12 hours between dinner and breakfast and get the intermittent fasting effect that way, you know, with the 12 hour, you know, uh, fast. So, but that just gives more regularity to regularity to your day. And I always ask somebody like, how would you feed your sweet baby daughter? You know, would you tell her she's going to fast for 15 hours and lose some weight? No, 
Like you wouldn't do that to your kid, your daughter, your son. So Mm. why are you doing it to yourself? Why are you looking for these crazy hacks? You know, and again, I understand the science is there for IF, but not if you end up going overboard and eating crap, what's been, what's been accomplished? Nothing. You're better off like slow and steady wins the race. Like just do the feed yourself, good, healthy meals, whether it's paleo or vegetarian, vegan, what works best for you. You have to find out what's good for your body when you can't just take somebody's word for it. You have to start listening and tuning into your own body. We all have our own divine physician within, but if we're emotionally eating and driven by our emotions, we're never going to know what we're, our body needs because we're yeah. overloading all yeah. the time and yeah. we're snacking all day long. Yeah. So the thing about the three meal magic is like, we're, we're putting some space between meals so we can really identify what our emotions are because you have to, you have to feel it in order to deal with it, mm. you know? And if you're just on like numbing out all day with snacking, you're never going to be able to really face the emotional eating because you don't know what your emotions are. I love this. I can't wait to put this out, but we got to switch gears. <laughs> we have to switch gears really quick and go to rapid fire. You ready? Some you fun, got it. Fun questions. You bet. Favorite color. Oh, pink. It's a, pink? it's a it's pink and blue. All right. Favorite food. Don't say kale. Don't say kale. No, um, fried Brussels sprouts. What would a day look like from you from morning to night if you could do anything? I'd wake up to a sunrise and I'd go for a long sail. Book besides yours that you could recommend you've read in the last year. Oh, I love Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Oh, yeah. Okay. You're an animal. What would you be and why would you be that animal? I'd be a doggy because doggies are happy. When I say the word universe, what does that mean to you? Good energy. What's something fun you want to do in the next year? Oh, I want to travel. I want to go to Greece. Do you like cooking? With my boyfriend, I do. He's a good cook and I'm, oh. the, I'm, I'm the sous chef. So yes, I've just started to like cooking. Anything you like to do that's like a guilty pleasure? I just like watching a movie on, a, on the couch. With the boyfriend. With the boyfriend, of course. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Trisha, this has been so great. Please tell us everything and everywhere they can find you. You bet. My, my website is healyourhunger.com, H-E-A-L, healyourhunger.com. You can take the free quiz there to find out if you're an emotional eater or a food addict or somewhere in between. It's free. It takes two minutes. Um, I'm on Instagram at Trisha Nelson underscore at the end of Nelson. And I have a podcast called the Heal Your Hunger Show. And I do a lot of riffing on there about my own experiences with emotional eating. And once in a while, I talk about my clients as well or have them on. So fun. I'm so glad we figured this out. This has been perfect. Me too. This has been so so great. My let's keep it real people. I know Trisha Nelson kept it real. So please share, like, rate, pass it on. And if you just give it to one person that will be inspired by this, I'd be so happy. You know what I'm going to say until next time. Toodles. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive.